You are listening to episode number 315 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show financially when you shop at Amazon. Simply go to the blog, click on the corresponding banner, and go about your shopping. It's that easy to give us money without giving us money. Also, Get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360Vegas. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. I respect that I am, uh, at this point, I feel I feel like I now walk proudly as, like, you are a Vegas historian. You were probably the foremost historian of Las Vegas, of the, of the casinos of the evolution of our casinos in the tourist corridor. Of our casinos? Well, yeah, so, we live here now. <laughs> that's, that is um, outstanding that you, would have, that you would say those exact words that you just said to me, Mark. And let me tell you why. Because I had been thinking about, A, do I, you know, do I try to remember to bring it up? B, do I just work it in if a conversation presents itself? You've literally served it up on a silver platter. So I'm going to go ahead and share with you what I was thinking about this morning. Okay. <laughs> Because I do, I think about, I really do, just so you guys know how much I love podcasting with you guys. And again, I, I will repeat, I, I podcast mainly because I love you guys and I want to podcast with you about, you could podcast about Plato and I want to <laughs> podcast with you. The, I wouldn't be the, here. Right. I don't know I would. happens to be on a topic that is so near and dear to my heart is just, you know, gravy on top. Right. So I email Ted Newkirk and I, Ted from Access Vegas and I, we, we email each other, you know, maybe two to three times a month, but. Earlier this, well, we're on the fourth, fourth day of October, uh, maybe two to three weeks ago, is a part of a conversation that Ted and I were having about something completely irrelevant to what he threw into the middle of it. But he said to me in his email, whether Mark realizes it or not, he is setting himself to be the most storied historian of Las Vegas of our time. <laughs> and I thought, wow, holy shit, what a statement. But but it's so true. I mean, between not just doing the podcasts, but really digging into the history of these casinos and the people of the city yeah. and putting it out there in 2019 when this shit wasn't available. I mean, right? the whole concept of of uh, websites and more importantly podcasts that's just like that's so even new even in 2019 i mean i know everybody and their brother seems to have their own podcast these days but in a very real sense talk about being on the cutting edge of historical you know um 
society. It's just, I, I was like, wow, that is a really astute observation. And the fact that Ted Newkirk, who lives in the town and, and, and tries to promote it from a, a business standpoint, mm-hmm. says that about you, I think speaks wonders about what you're doing, man. So anyway, I wanted to pass yeah. that comment. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad you did. That's that's really, that's that's awesome. I remember when, when it first started to, or when I think it really sunk in. Well, I did. I don't know. It's gone. <laughs> that's okay. It'll come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> or not. It was good. It was a real touching story. <laughs> I had it for a moment. <laughs> well, let's start the show. He's Karen. She's Mark. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. I think that was intentional. It, I don't it, think it, it was. It felt forced. It felt forced. But I don't buy it. He did it again, didn't I? He did. He said, she's she's Mark. He's Karen. You know what? Switch that. Reverse it. There we go. It. Just switch it and reverse it. I don't believe it. John C. Fremont, the man who created Las Vegas, ran as the Republican candidate for President of the United States in 1956, losing to James Buchanan. How fucking crazy is that? That the guy that essentially invented Las Vegas almost ran the whole fucking... Can you imagine how cool the country would be? That's how great he was. Actually, he (laughs) fucking hated Vegas. (laughs) Hold on. I'm fact-checking it. So Sony doesn't believe you. I had to to double-check it, too. (laughs) Or three or four times. James Buchanan was president from 1857 to 1861. Oh, that's right, because I wrote, yeah, John C. Fremont in 1956, which would make zero sense at all. Right. <laughs> so it would be 1856, dickbag. There we go. That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> I like how I get mad because he he fixes my error. <laughs> like, dude, fuck you. <laughs> well, it was like 1956. I'm pretty sure Eisenhower was uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a minute, the guy that invented Vegas, what, did he go on a fucking time machine? <laughs> I was going to say, considering like Vegas just celebrated, wasn't it 100 years? Something like that. And, you know, so so he waited 50 years before he jumped in there to, or That's 40 awesome. years, but yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> Move into the twit pick of the week, please. Truly an idealized version of the Luxor frontage. The photo, shared by at Classic Las Vegas, shows us what it must feel like to see a mirage of an oasis in the desert. In the early 90s, everyone was still making the effort to still offer a free signature attraction. Luxor's contribution to that end utilized this water feature to put on a laser light show. Holograms would project from the Sphinx's eyes, from the eyes, (laughs) onto the water element located in front of it, right on the strip. Today, the water feature has been turned into a parking lot. That's crazy. I do wish I would have seen that in its original it's, it's, version. I mean, granted, there's that whole little mini series or whatever there is all about Luxor when it opened or the DVD we have or something, which is hilarious I, to I watch. Have, I have files, Karen. We don't have. When it comes to Vegas stuff, I. Okay, I, I, whatever. Historians got to store shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got to catalog this. <laughs> I mean, he's got, got, kind of got you there, but I mean, that's just... That's <laughs> he kind of does. So yeah, he got does. got a store shit here. <laughs> 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 oh. 
Oh, it's just, it's just, you know, it's there are layers of humor in all of it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I think okay. we're getting close to breaking, Tony. Hey, I know this you is are. out of order, but can I throw, yeah. a, can I throw a, a random? I guess it's more of a random FHE that I think Tony would really get a kick out of. Go. So you'll fight out of this boy. Well, yeah. So um, a friend of mine's in town. Uh, Troy, he's from Chicago. He comes in every so often. He's he's happily retired uh, officially. So whereas Alistair is just sort of pretend retired, he's actually retired. But so he came into town and um, I wanted to take him to dinner. And he hadn't been down to Fremont in like 20 years. So I was like, okay, well, that's where we're going. So I took him down to Andiamo's. But I picked him up at Mirage. And we exit the Mirage, Mirage Porkisher onto Las Vegas Boulevard and make a left. So we're going north. And I'm not kidding you. Ten seconds in. To whatever I'm saying, he goes, wait, they're building another wind tower? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And I just started laughing my ass off because I was like, no, that's not when he goes, but it looks exactly the same. Look at the colors. It looks the same. I'm like, no, that's Resorts World. There's been lawsuits. Supposedly they've been settled. I don't know what they're doing yet, but right. he, it just it was so funny, like randomly unsolicited out of the blue. They're building another wind tower? Just yeah, yeah. It, any that's why I, I either they even if there's a lighting element change to it, like going so wait, it looks like wind during the day, which is when you want it to look like that, right. and then like something completely different at night. Like right. how's that fucking different? So I just thought that was funny. It, it was a random, and I didn't get it in during the random section, but um, I just <laughs> it it I had to share it because I just thought it was hilarious. I, I I totally get why, and until I got to see it myself at you know last Christmas when the three of us were were driving the strip, I I yeah. didn't really appreciate just how yep. close in resemblance it is. So Not only the color, I, but the curve of yep, the building matches yep, like everything absolutely. does. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right, sorry but, to interrupt the show. No, no, this, that's <laughs> it's a good. I, I wish I would have. I'm saddened that I. You know, let's talk about this for a hot second. <laughs> On the one hand, I didn't really get into Las Vegas until the year mm, 2007, let's say. It's okay. the year after me. I wonder, so I only got to visit the Frontier. No, that's not it. What's the other one? Um, The Pioneer? No, Stardust. Shit. Stardust. Frontier. Stardust. Nope. Frontier? Nope. What are you looking yes. for? I never made it to the front. I never made it to the Stardust. But I did get to at least go to the Pioneer. Is that what it's called? No. What? What? The Pioneer what was, Club was down on what, Fremont Street. Okay. What was just before the Frontier? The Stardust. It's the Frontier. The Frontier. Is that what I said? Yes. And then you kept like changing it to Pioneer. Thousand times. Like and then back the to Frontier. One and that was the first one he said. All right. All right. So shut up, you guys. <laughs> um. Anyway, long story short, I made it to that place one time. Never made it to the Stardust. Never made it to Westward Ho. I'm disappointed that I didn't take the opportunity. I, I wish Vegas would have been something that had been on my radar before 2007. Oh, yeah. Because it would have been so much fun to have gotten to have seen Luxor in its heyday where they had. Because didn't you have to take like a riverboat or something? Oh, yeah. You had to get on a barge through a canal yeah, yeah. Open, yeah. to get to your elevators. Do they Imagine still that traffic have jam. To your knowledge, the um, the inclined elevators. Oh is that still yes, a they thing? do. That's the only way you can get up the pyramid. 
No. Yes. I've stayed in the pyramid, and it's just a regular elevator. If bank. you're in the ziggurat, it's a regular elevator. If you're in the pyramid, pyramid. Yeah. it's an inclinator. Mm, we're going to fight about this off mic. Oh, no, no, we <laughs> won't, because I will, I will fucking bet vast amounts of money that I new, newly acquired. <laughs> Right. Uh, fair enough. You win. But no, we were I, because when when Jen surprised me for my 40th birthday or 41st birthday and she came out, she got us a room in the pyramid and we were able to look over the the balcony, for lack of a better term, straight down into the casino. Hmm. But well, into the general. I think you were really, really drunk. Yeah, I, I there's no because it's a pyramid and it starts. The elevators are in the corners. So you can't go straight up and look over. I mean, you, you have to, because if you think about it, where the elevators are, where you got in to where your room is and the balcony that you're looking over, which is just hanging over the middle, there's an angle to that. And the only way to get to that is on the inclinators. I, I'm texting my wife right now. <laughs> Dude, Google Luxor and look inside of it. There is no structure that goes to the top. I said, did we take slanted elevators to get to our Luxor room? And I'm sure she's going to email back and say no. And then I'm going to say, but we did stay in the pyramid. Oh, no, she's saying yes. <laughs> I hate her. So wait, who's right? <laughs> My wife. <laughs> no, who's, who's, who was I right? Said, did we take slanted elevators to get to our Luxor room? And she says yes. Yeah. <laughs> End of conversation, I'm Tony. She goes, she, you can't hate me if I'm right. She must be able to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Just text her back. We're divorcing. <laughs> as always, we will link to the photo on our blog. We'll feature it on all of our social media outlets, such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which Patreon subscribers should be seeing right now. Let's get into the news. This has made major news all around the world. Uh, MGM is settling. Well, it definitely won't stop people from talking about it, grandstanding specifically. It's being reported that MGM Resorts has decided to settle with the victims of the Route 91 Music Festival for $800 million. $751 million coming from MGM's insurance, the company's coverage limit, leaving just $49 million for the company to contribute. The New York Times said an independent claims adjuster will need to be approved by the judge to review medical bills and other expenses, as well as the circumstances of each victim before deciding how much each will receive. Who wants that job? Yeah, no, thank you. The true final cost will depend on the victims who have already filed lawsuits against MGM. Will they withdraw their cases in favor of the settlement or continue with litigation? That's an interesting I question, Tony. Can it, I mean, if they don't, if they've already filed a lawsuit and they don't agree to participate in this, I guess it's a class action settlement, right? Can they still sue? And will they have a leg to stand on considering that MGM has already put this out there? Yeah. So most of our listeners are probably going to be most familiar with this sort of uh, class action type lawsuit, whether it relates to Blockbuster or I think Amazon did something. I even think that Best Buy had something the other day uh, where you'll get a little card in the mail, you'll get um, an email that says right. you've been identified as a potential Claimants. plaintiff. Yeah. Exactly, claim it, exactly, in this lawsuit. 
here are your options. And then the options usually are blanket. I want to be a part of this or I'm going to do it on my own. And then most of us select the, well, I want to be a part of this because it's so much easier. Right. Then subsequently you will then get an email that says, or, or a card in the mail that says, so a potential resolution on this lawsuit has been, um, you know, negotiated at X millions or millions of dollars. If you want to be a part of this resolution, again, mark this box. If you want to go out on your own, mark this box. I always just mark the yeses. I, I never actually want to go through. And, and I'm fortunate. I mean, unlike, you know, what happened, unfortunately, on October 1, 2017 is, is, is far, far worse than anything I've ever dealt with, where maybe I was overcharged on right. rentals. Right. Blockbuster. <laughs> so you then mark your yes box and you randomly get a check in the mail for $4.58. Right. Um, in this situation, what's going to happen is all of these folks that are a part of this, these lawsuits, they're all going to get a card that says you can be a part of this giant package. And if you, if you subscribe yourself to this overall resolution, you'll get a piece of it. Um, if you want to do it on your own, you then have to bring your own lawsuit and, and do go through all of the dog and pony show that is a civil lawsuit, which is going to be depositions and is going to be discovery of documentation and is going to be the this, that, the other. And then you still have to go through a trial and hope that you can convince a jury to find in your favor as the plaintiff. So long story short, you know, I'm not really sure how this is going to play itself out. Where we've seen these sorts of real life scenarios are things like the tobacco lawsuits of the 1990s, where people were bringing lawsuits against the R.J. Reynolds right. for what they knew and when they knew it. Whether you want to go out on your own and try your own individual case or you want to be a part of this $800 million resolution is going to be entirely up to you. Or, or I say up to you, the people that have brought these laws. Right. Interesting. I mean, I, I don't think I was surprised by this. It'll it'll just be interesting to see how it all plays out. And, and to your point, Mark, I would not want to have the job of trying to sort through all of the paperwork and documentation to figure out who gets what. I'm sure it's one of those people like Edward Norton in, like, Fight Club. Like, he fucking hates what he does. Everybody hates him. He's like, well, I don't care. I'm but just, it also seems like... Good. I mean, nobody's going to get any money until everybody gets money. Because... I'm sure there's going to be a deadline for people to submit their claims. Then you got to go through and figure out who's do what. And then, you know, do you max it out of the 800 million? So if you total up all the actual costs and you don't have that, then do you take whatever's left over and figure out how to prorate it and divide it out based on, you know, pain and suffering, punitive damages, whatever it might be. I mean, I don't know how the whole thing's going to work, but ugh. Well, and one last little, uh, perhaps slightly political jab for me to take is do remember that the attorneys uh, are going to be on retainer so they're going to get one third of whatever the final dollar they should is. you have any idea how fucking those people are impressive all right even shitty lawyers that they got to where they are at that's effort and dedication all right yeah they're they're lawyers that's still just the fair pr en- mess from, from fair enough but do you think the attorneys are worth one third of eight hundred million dollars do you let me rephrase let me rephrase do you think that the attorneys have put in enough work in the last two years that they are worth one third of eight hundred million dollars. I think the fact I think versus the, letting the actual victims take that dollar, take those dollars. So I, I think personally they should get an automatic deduct for giving 
you know, MGM, the counsel, to go ahead and file a lawsuit against the victims. Even though like, we've discussed it while getting in practice, but it was a PR nightmare that really they just should have. It was a bad idea. Fair enough. Let's move on. Tell me about the Atomic Saloon success, please. Fans of absinthe and opium can rejoice, as early reviews of Spiegel World's third show, On the Strip, have been very complimentary. Like, more than the fake enthusiasm often expressed by the media regarding anything Las Vegas. See the RJ's best of. Not everything in Vegas can be voted the best. Atomic Saloon's run at the Venetian is currently scheduled to end in March of 2020, Vital Vegas said it leapfrogs up his must-see list of Vegas shows, however, didn't clarify what it leapfrogged over. And considering ridiculous statements like the cast bar at Sahara is as good as the chandelier bar at Cosmopolitan, it's tough to know when to take anything he says seriously. Look, I'll concede that's a really nice bar, but there's nothing there that I haven't already seen. I mean, it's a really good, it's, it's what I would expect um, a, a renovated place to, you know, if you're going to try and contend in Vegas, I would, I would imagine you have that. I am also a fan of the artsy nude women. <laughs> For sure. Just saying. I don't have much to, to add to the story except to say that it's You're really useless. <laughs> what? No, just ignore him, Tony. Keep going. It's a movie reference that you don't get. Just to say that I I would like to go back now that the Sahara is the Sahara. By the way, just as a fun side note. Whether we intended it or not, and I'm going to go and say that obviously we intended it. Everything we do is intentional. <laughs> we got a lot of really good, fun feedback from our listeners about Sahara going from Sahara to SLS back to Sahara and what that looks like. You know, one of our listeners said, well, you know, should we consider it that to be a midlife crisis? <laughs> that was that great. Was awesome. That was such a good. <laughs> it was a great line. <laughs> You know, and people just giving the feedback on, no, you know what, I'm I'm choosing to look at the the Sahara as it really is the Sahara, even though it may have had a little minor blip of a name change. Yeah. I, it, had, but, it had an identity crisis for a It'll minute. be an interesting yes. earmark in hopefully a now much longer existence. Hell yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Listen, I want to try it out. I want to check it out and, and, and see it. I'm actually, I'm interested as, now, actually. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But ripped on I, it. I now you want to go see it. Well, I, no, I, I ripped on Scott for okay. saying that his, that the bar was better yeah. than the, the chandelier bar. That's that's just nonsense. But that, yet you haven't seen it, so you don't know that you can actually make it. Yes, that I have seen it. I went out last weekend. Okay, well, I why do did you shit say while you you're wanted, sleeping. Well, okay? why did you... You just said, now I want to go see it. Because I creep. Yeah. No, I want to go see... I want to go at Sahara. I want to stay at Sahara. Tony was talking about staying at Sahara. I said, I also want... Yeah, I want to see it. I want to okay. stay... I want to okay. stay... Okay. It, in fairness, uh, Karen, I was on your side. I was like, you just said you didn't see it, but <laughs> I... I... <laughs> Thank you, you Tony, because because now this is why I love you guys because I love reason and and facts. Well, and, I love it the fact that there's somebody else that heard your ramblings the same way I do because the, half the time you make me think I'm crazy, and and I actually like it too because I don't mind being proven wrong. But I'm like, I think she's full of shit. Like, dude, I heard it too. Like, well, apparently she's factual. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that's full of shit. I love it. I love it. Sometimes I'll fight with my wife and be like, "I didn't say that." She go, "Yes, you know." I'm like, "All right, I, then I, I'll get. I'll concede." If you, if my wife really sticks to her guns that I said it, I then I probably <laughs> smart man. But, Smart but man. yes, 
Mark, I, I, with you, would love to go check out all of these places. Casbar, I'd love to check out. Atomic Saloon, just these would be new to me places. I will it's tell you. It's interesting, though. Can I make one more observation? Yeah, go. Um, one thing you did, I need a little bit of clarification. So you compare it, or you say fans of absinthe and opium can rejoice. But yet then you said it's more like a bar like Chandelier or the Kaz Bar. So I'm not really sure. Am I ex- no, 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 no. These are two completely different things. I, I don't. He worked in together. the, the Kaz Bar Chandelier was over upon Scott. It yeah. had nothing to do with. And, and I, I only loosely connected them um, in, in that he made a ridiculous statement that I then made fun of and then tied it to another ridiculous statement that he did. I actually didn't yep. mind breaking this down. I feel like a professor. You really have. You really have. <laughs> and, and now I'm fully prepared to say, Karen, you were wrong. <laughs> not, really, not really. I'm still, I'm still on Karen's side. That you said you went to see it, but uh, let's move along. We've got wind round number two. Considering the number of stories that have been reported surrounding the silencing of employees who felt sexually harassed by Steve Wynn, It comes as no surprise that two civil lawsuits were filed this week for that very reason. The suit says staff felt pressured to not speak out against the founder and the company's namesake after initial reports hit the media. One seeks damages against Wynn Resorts for the company's deliberate overlooking of Wynn's sexual misconduct. The other is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission for informing Wynn Resorts the identity of employees who filed claims with the commission. Oh, that seems bad. That seems like kind of one of the worst of the white-collar crimes. Like, that's like, you're going to Club Med, but, like, forever. Yeah, that that one seems bad. That's really fucked up. That's like Google going, you know what? Fuck it. No, it's not that bad. But (laughs) that that comparison amused me, and I wanted to share it. Okay, there you go. (laughs) I have nothing else we... Yeah, okay, we're good. Process. Jesus fucking Christ, man. This, <laughs> this guy came with nothing today. This is <laughs> spitting, spitting fucking... Is this is this the kind of lover you are to your to your lady? Is this the problems? Oh, please. We've been going at this for a good 22 minutes. I'd have been done two <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Battleborn pins are Disney-quality enamel pins of vintage Vegas icons. The ever-expanding collection includes this week's featured pin, the Mint. Milton Pro, majority owner of Sahara and Aladdin at the time, opened the Mint on Fremont Street in 1959. The design, engineering, fabrication, and installation of the property's iconic marquee was documented by the company behind all of it, Yesco. Eight years before the non-for-profit known today as the Neon Museum was created, this 96-foot-tall sign, considered one of the most memorable in Vegas history, was lost to the world in 1988 when Binion's acquired the property and expanded into the space. This mini piece of vintage awesomeness cost $10 alone, or $26 as part of the Vintage Vegas Combo Pack, which includes the Stardust Shower of Stars sign and the Dunes Turret Marquee. 360 Vegas listeners can drop that price another 20% when they use the promo code 360. Just go to bbpins.bigcartel.com or go to our blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, and click on the banner ad, for battle-born pins. All right, let's move into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar with prop bets, it's an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, those wishing to throw axes at things but don't want to trek all the way to Neonopolis to indulge can quit their bitching. 
because <laughs> Dueling Axes is the most recent future tenant of the 200,000 square foot Area 15 entertainment complex planned to come online in 2020. 20. Spring, spring of 2020. Spring. Jesus. You know what? As you were reading it, I'm like, I didn't even give him a comma. You fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Tony. Wait, wait till you get to my next one. I'm going to have to do some interpretation when I read this one out. Oh, I'm excited now. This is this is an exciting, fun show for me. <laughs> How many? This is where Mark just, like, free thoughts all of his typing. He just throws like, shits in there. He's like, they'll find it. Yeah. They'll fix it. We'll figure it out. We're good. We'll find it along the way. For folks that are wondering, Area 15 will be located near I-15 and Desert Inn Road, which is west of the Fashion Show Mall. Uh, this seems to be like the, the new thing to do. That in the, um, like the, the smashing rooms where you can go in and just, yeah. you know, destroy shit. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I'd do it if if we were doing it as a as a 360 Vegas vacation, but I don't really have any interest. And let's be honest, I'm rarely sober while I'm Vegas. Throwing right. axes just seems like a yeah really well, I think, inevitable. I yeah. think we've talked about this before because you know there is one that's right there in Neonopolis, which is by Banger Brewing. So it could be one of those things like yeah, you meet up at Banger Brewing, go throw axes, and then oh no, like, you can drink in that place too. Are you serious? Fuck yeah. Oh, Fuck yeah. you can't. I, it, you know what it. <laughs> My voice. Every <laughs> <laughs> time Mark goes, fuck yeah! <laughs> like, all I hear. God. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> but it's, it's the idea that that I would have said it where like like I'm really trying hard. Like guys, I've been practicing this for a long time. Listen, I can totally talk to him. <laughs> you fucking psychopath. Good. It felt good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> God, Tony, that was perfect. <laughs> anyway, oh, I remember what I was trying to say. So, that, so the idea is, it's kind of like going to like an adult arcade or something where you're like batting cages or shit like that where you go into an attraction. Except you're throwing knives at the bed. No, shit. but the idea, the setup is that, yeah, you're hanging out in the lounge area, you know, like maybe while people are shooting pool and you're over there having drinks. Like, yeah, the game's right over there and I'll play it whenever I want to. But. Yeah, okay, I don't care. Uh, the, the, the <laughs> I was trying to bring you down, woman. Oh, <laughs> don't rev it back up. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, that was oh. so good, Tony. Oh, perfect. Do your fucking job. Let's go. <sighs> well, this one, I, I yeah, you might just have to help me because the last second sentence of this is a disaster. <laughs> the Raiders organization have purchased several sites planned for stadium parking near the stadium. 
Obviously. Well, actually, that is ironic for them to have stadium parking near the stadium because most of it is not going to be near the stadium. In total, they acquired 17.3 acres, which is projected to equate to 2,700 spaces, just under half of what they... I think there's a missing word here. Of what uh, they said. Of what they already had. Oh, of what they had prior to the purchase. Yeah, they almost doubled what they had. Well, you know how you could actually triple or quadruple that? Huh. Build a fucking parking garage. I still don't get why they won't do it. <laughs> oh, it'll mess up the skyline or something. They could build it underground. Fucking Cosmopolitan did it. But Vegas is reporting that deconstruction of the Vortex Tower at Link has begun. Wait, no wait. word what other attraction they have planned to build and never open. In a move that puzzles no one, Link has also decided to remove their VR stations. Okay, wait, wait, wait. So, so on the outside of the building, that's right up on the boulevard, that's up on the on the top. Yep. You mean that area that could have been a really cool like bar, hangout, so many nightclub kind of thing, right there on the strip. So many. They're deconstructing it. Yep, just taking it apart. Maybe they're up. Maybe they're updating. Maybe they're getting like LEDs or something. You, you, you guys, How the, great the, would audience, that be? the audience can't see like the the frustrated, disgust. How would you describe the look on my face? I would say that was the most disappointed I've been in Link since they've done Link. I mean, I thought like Kind Heaven was like it's dumb, and I didn't really like the zip line. But I'm like, all in all, I'm like, well, not everything has to be for me. I get, I get all of these things. And then the vortex, you're like, what the fuck, man? That was your element that you that it was you really enticed cool. us with, and they did nothing with. Yeah. Absolutely nothing with. I mean, maybe that was all part of the plan. They're like, going, we just got to get them here. Just put a little swirly thing of lights. It'll draw them here for a while, like fucking flies. Swirly thing it, it'll, of it's, it's, and then we'll take care of it, and we'll actually put something up there. Well, and for listeners that are a part of the Vegas vacations, for a hot second, it looked like there was going to be an opportunity for a Vegas vacation to be held up at the top of Vortex. That is true. You had reached out to them, and they were all gung-ho about the whole idea. And then, it, as is always the case with all of these damn casinos, it fell through at the last minute. That yeah. might be the last one that I worked with, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I think so. They might be. Because I remember it was for... Because we were able to hook... Every, it was the one that we did the uh, the high roller on. It was that oh, Vegas vacation. Okay. That's the one where we had talked to them about having a special event on the Vortex. Right. And I was like, oh, it'd be a really fun idea. Like, we talked about, can we get fucking tables out there about fucking liquors or anything we can do? And like, well, I mean, we can't really. I'm like, can we just fucking go up there? (laughs) (laughs) We'll all get liquored up and then just walk around up there. Just make sure there's a bathroom. That's that's the only necessity. And and it was in the works. And um, yeah, it it, it didn't happen. And uh, yes, they might be the last... Property that the last time you with. made an effort. <laughs> Although they were, that wasn't technically a property, that was a, a company running the attractions or something. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. In the wake of selling Rio, Vital Vegas is reporting that Penn and Teller will relocate their residency to Paris in 2020. I don't really care about Penn and Teller, but. There's no denying they're a huge draw. They are. And I think they'll do better if they're actually on the strip versus off. I thought if they, that, too. I actually thought that, too. they were able to stay, I mean, run as long right? as they did at Rio. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that, too. I thought that, too. Unless it's one of those things that they were so good, you could comp anybody ticks to it. And they would they <laughs> totally get into it. So maybe, maybe they're those guys. So we'll see. What do you think about it being Paris of all their places, uh, of all the places that Caesars has? 
Well, I guess when I think of Paris, I think the here we go, I'm going to piss off a listener. I think the French are generally are kind of snooty and stuck up, and I think that works out really well for Penn <laughs> oh and Teller. Oh, my God, that is amazing. I didn't put that together, <laughs> but um, I couldn't agree with you more about their personality, their show. Seems like oh God, they if preach. there were another place that they could be, it would be like uh, that would be a perfect fit to be Paris. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're they're great ma- ma- magicians. Can get that word out. Uh, it's tough to say because that what happens is you tend to get a haze over you because you're so fucking annoyed and bored listening to with, the, with the run bullshit? that runs his fucking mouth. Yeah, and and so annoyed by like, am I really? fucking watching a mime right now when I could be drinking and fucking gambling and then they're like, ta-da! I'm like, oh wow, something fucking happened. <laughs> this is going to be the show of Mark's quote. Fuck yeah! yeah exactly. And then, ta-da! <laughs> so it's been a while. Um, Jen and I, shocker, we got comp tickets to go see Penn & Teller, which is why we went to see them. See? Yep. And, and it was at real. Yeah, by the way, when we went to go, we got comp tickets too. Oh yeah, that's why we went. Yeah. I, I, there's a part of me that wonders if maybe they, are, they being Caesar's Entertainment, isn't going to perhaps um, tighten up the comp tickets for the show because they're now on the strip. That they were yeah. a good draw. Right. It was good to have people come. I mean, that may be the one sad part about the whole thing is, in a roundabout way, guys. And this is I'm having a little bit of a, a vodka mind blown moment. Is the Rio, were they treating the Rio the way we wished all casinos would be treated, which was, here, come take some comp tickets to see the show. We're just going to trust that you're going to gamble in our casino when you're done with the show or or beforehand, a la, again, Penn & Teller in right. Rio. Because we didn't stay there. We were staying at, you know, wherever, right, someplace right. on the strip. But we went over to Rio to see the show. That's side point number one. Side point number two is... Although they were uh, that the luxury one was a little luxury, as much as I hate to admit it, he does a nice job, I think, of le- of kind of lecturing from a libertarian standpoint, which is a smart thing to do because then you're pissing off both, both Republicans ends. <laughs> and being too social, yeah. right? But you're pissing off the liberals because you're being too um, uh, conservative. Conservative. Yeah. So he's really just an anarchist. He just wants to poke the bear, uh, poke all bears, all bears. I, I kind of wonder. You know, I kind of wonder if that's if, if <laughs> want to poke all bears, sh- Sharon. I want to poke them all. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a line of bears out the door who's here before too long. Uh, it was my understanding, sir, that you would poke us. <laughs> God damn it. I did say it. <laughs> awesome. You've got the Charmin toilet bears turn around like, yeah, poke right here. Poke here. Oh, sha, Lord. sha, sha, Charmin. <laughs> Don't squeeze the Charmin. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Next up. Tex-Mex Tequila Bar and Grill has opened in the space formerly home to the Harley-Davidson Cafe on the southeast corner of Las Vegas Boulevard and Harmon Road. So saith Vital Vegas. I know we didn't really care about the Harley-Davidson Cafe, but it feels weird that they replaced it with a Tex-Mex place. Because if I recall, and maybe I'm completely misremembering, didn't they kind of get pushed out because... They wanted to sell that whole area because it's the corner of fucking Harmon and uh, uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. I mean, the other side of it's Mecca Walgreens. I 
And remember. Then, yeah, I, I don't. I swear that was it. Or maybe they hadn't paid their rent in a while and they just got fucking sick of them or something. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Which is fine, but put that in context. Let's let's take that second hypothetical that you present that they were perhaps falling behind on rent. If the Harley Davidson Cafe couldn't make which it. has the name yeah. Harley Davidson right. can't be successful. Good luck, Tex Mex Tequila Bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm I'm indifferent to this. I don't care. I I I had no interest in going to the, the Harley. Davidson I actually had Cafe. more interest than I do. In this. <laughs> well, and I think that the what spoils it, and this is again going to sound bad. Once you've had a chance to have like authentic Mexican cuisine, okay, Tex Mex is kind of like, yeah. Okay, but this is like, okay, you can't have it where it's really good. So this is the next best thing. If you really got to have it, it's fucking over here. There's so I like the idea that that would be their commercial. Listen, if you gotta eat Tex-Mex, it's fucking over here. I think I'm gonna. <laughs> I think I'm gonna agree with what Tony was about to say. Why is that? There are so many Tex-Mex places on the strip, and in particular, I'm thinking of the one place at Planet Hollywood. Right, because wasn't that where, uh, well, what's his name showed up that Karen had to kick him out of? PBR for the first. I don't know. If PBR oh, is, is Tex Mex. Uh, no, okay, never mind. I scratched that. Kinda. I take that back. But okay. um, what didn't Vince Neil have a Tex Mex place at Planet Hollywood? Well, see, it's unfair to say Vince Neil had something and then <laughs> yes. say it failed because yeah. you're like, well, come on, you got to. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. that's a given. Second, second uh, grasping at straws. Wasn't there also a Tex-Mex place across the street from what, and in, in outside near the strip of what is now Park MGM and had been um, Diablos? Diablos. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that would I'm be. Just saying, Which that was good. I like Diablos. It was. Yeah. Time to time. And again, one more time. Let's also reiterate: if you want Mexican food and you're in Las Vegas. Yeah. You ain't eating at a right. Tex-Mex tequila that, bar on the street. That was my that was my point to True. it too. Yeah, so. Yeah. Cool. Moonshot.com is the place where you can get your favorite vintage Vegas shirts. Incredibly comfortable to wear. Available in male and female cuts. Multiple colors and sizes. Reasonably priced and cool as hell. Options include this week's featured property, the fabulous Flamingo. The third hotel casino to open on Highway 91 is now the oldest hotel casino on the Las Vegas Strip. Flamingo's current incarnation looks absolutely nothing like the original. In fact, it said the final piece of the original structure was torn down in December of 1993 to make way for the hotel's garden. While not the luxury resort originally envisioned, the Flamingo has continued to evolve to keep up with what the market needs, even if that means becoming the premier low-end property. This and dozens of other Vintage Vegas shirts start at $27. Use the promo code 360Vegas, no spaces, and save 15% off your order. Just go to moonshot.com, that's M-0-0-N-S-H-O-T.com, or you can go to our blog, 360Vegaspodcast.com, and click on the banner ad for moonshot.com. The Neon Museum will be closed over the next two weeks, while the installation of Tim Burton's exhibit is underway. The Lost Vegas exhibit. Lost is in just in case it sounds like lost. Lost. L O S T. Lost. That, that work? Did it? No, no, you didn't need to. D- didn't need to drop it that low. Just, just enunciate. Yeah. I liked it. I you liked see, it. he liked it. That was good enunciation. <laughs> what did you? Did you turn your speaker over and sit on it while he did that? <laughs> All right. Well, no, that got here's weird. What I want. <laughs> I want to. 
<laughs> Anyways, the museum will reopen 10-15 and run through February 15th. The exhibit that is at the museum. I thought I could pick it up there, and then I realized that's not going to work. Well, you did say it, the exhibit and the museum will we, reopen. We got there in the end. Okay. Do you guys intend on trying to make it out to check it out during its time? Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we Mark begrudgingly renewed our, our annual passes. It's a business um, expense, Tony. I, I need to do this from time to time for the show. Know. Well, you know, Listen, he's upset about the... Um, the changes and the fact that you can't bring in professional for, cameras anymore. Yeah, for good reason. Right. I, I get it. For good reason. I, I completely agree. Listen, I think that, um, you know, one, and we've talked about it on the show many times, but Julie Moore comes in. She's She yeah. prides herself on being an, an amateur photographist. I don't know if that's a word. Photographer. Oh, she's phenomenal. And, yeah. But she's phenomenal, right? So let her bring in her, you know, Nikon or whatever the... The, the you know I mean this is not she's not taking senior class photos with this camera no I mean, but that's that's not I mean the issue is people come in and take pictures of the signs but then post them as if that it's their own and and well, they sell, can them. sell them yeah. right and you gotta remember the neon museum doesn't own any of the signs that's in there so they I mean they so own them in the sense that they're donated that. but they don't own the the, rights. the, the, the yeah the rights to exactly yeah. so to they a can't extent, sue. I respect that but I'll tell you I almost reached out this is a, a a side tangent that you'll you can choose to edit out or not <laughs> I almost sent a text message or email to uh, the Moors there is a woman that is selling photography art on a website of cigar smoke. So essentially what nice. she's done is she's lit cigars and then she will let them burn and she will take photographs of the smoke that is emanating from the cigars. And then she sells it as art to the tune of anywhere between $7,500 and $14,000. Holy shit. And I thought about sending the website to the Moors and saying, Julie, you could do this for a fraction of no the price. Shit. And and I guess my point to all that, and I swear kids I have one, <laughs> is to say that somebody can walk in, if somebody's got an eye, again, like Julie Moore, whether she's holding an iPhone or an Android in her hand, or she's holding her just run-of-the-mill $500 camera that she buys off from Amazon, she, when someone who's got an eye for art has an eye for art and they're going to be able to make money off from it. I, I think that at least in my opinion, the Nian museum is cutting off their nose despite their face over people who might be taking pictures of a piece of what I consider art right? and selling. But, but I'm also to be clear for all listeners at home, I am not a, uh, a, a, a intellectual property attorney. So copyright law is, is <laughs> not your thing. Trademark way outside my yeah, comfort zone. <laughs> Las Vegas Democratic Congresswoman Dinah Titus. Dinah? I bet it's Dina. Dina. I think it's probably Dina. I just thought Titus yeah. was funny. Dina Titus said she supports the new resort fee legislation bill that was introduced last week that would require hotels to display all charges up front before tax. When this bill will make it in front of Congress is the question right now because, as folks are probably aware, Congress is currently balls deep in something called an impeachment proceeding. <laughs> so the only real comment that I've got about this, and, and I, I don't I don't think what I'm about to say is political, it, it seems hard 
to me to believe that when the Democrats currently have the majority in the House of Representatives, that this bill should have, as this Congresswoman says, you know, quote unquote, an uphill climb, because the Democrats have control of the House of Representatives. If the Democrats want this bill to make its way through the House chambers, they certainly would have the votes for it because, again, they mm. control the House of Representatives. I don't, this, this seems to me like a very easy political win yeah. for the Democrats. Right. But I, I, but we're just talking about the House. So if you're going to make it an actual law, it's got to, it's got to pass the Senate too. Which is, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, and, and I, you know, and then, but, but I think that is the uphill because, battle in which she meant. Well, then she should say that because that's not what she said. That that she could says, be that could be my fault because I'm the one that wrote. Yeah, you gotta remember, Tony. This is all paraphrasing. I didn't put quotes. I didn't put quotes around anything. Perhaps I fucked up a phrasing thing that I thought better encapsulated the narrative I wanted to tell. What do you think about that? What's well, fair enough. Let me throw one more. Uh, later <laughs> I'll, on I'll, I'll one up your crazy with my crazy. <laughs> I will. I will. Is it interesting to you? I will. That she is from Las Vegas and supports this resort fee legislation bill when, again, she's from Las Vegas, which is where all of her... Let me rephrase. It seems awfully convenient if I were her. If I were her, I am sure the big money donors of Las Vegas that donate to her campaigns don't want to see this resort fee legislation pass. So I think it's easy for her to say, well, of course I support it, but it's got a uphill battle. Bullshit. If the person who lives in it represents a city that has the people that are doing this the most says, I support it. Why wouldn't you run with it and say, hey, one of the individuals who would be impacted by this and, and her constituents specifically impacted by this supports it. If she supports it, we support it. It, it seems to me, that is a I think she's um, I think she's playing politics here. I, I, I don't I think she yes, I think she does support it personally, but I don't think she ever wants to see it actually come to a vote because I don't think she wants to have to vote in favor of it because the big money donors from her district don't want this legislation. But I, I think I don't know that I agree with you 100 percent because the, the people that are for resort fees are the big casinos. And they're all corporations. So the big donors, as far as the people that live here. No, wait. No, no. No, I don't think that. Well, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Please and go there on. are rich no. liberals here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I don't think. I mean, and, and we are that, California they're not, adjacent. They're don't not forget. requiring them to get rid of them. What they're requiring them to do is make them obvious so people can see them. And really, all that does is levels the playing field. So I don't necessarily think it's. You know. I, 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 perhaps I'm, I'm far too jaded in in 2019. I don't see why this should be. But again, oh yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it should have an uphill battle either. I really don't. And the fact that she said that is just kind of. I mean, you might have a very valid point that she's like, you know, is this a Democratic state? I just assumed it was Republican, and she was saying something that was. Um, it was like, oh, you know what those guys want over there? Big money over here. So the last election, yeah. um, a lot of the Republicans lost out, and it switched to Democrats. So are we a swing state? Oh, or... you guys are 100% a swing state. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, 
I don't envy you guys come the 2020 election season where every other yeah. commercial on your television screen is going to be it's some right. sort of political well, as Maybe that's is, why I stopped watching they're, TV. They're going to have to fight with, is it John Steyer? He's running. This is some independent businessman that is fun, funding his own campaign, running as a Democratic candidate, and his ads are already running nonstop. Really? Yes. Well, well, you know why? Because he's got to build name ID. So he he's does. using 2019 to build name ID yep. so that come 2020 he can take on. But that's interesting. Is he planning on running against Titus? Is he looking to primary her? No, he's running for president. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Whoa, I missed the bus on that one. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, well, and that's we the thing I need to check because uh, I haven't been paying attention yeah, no, we to don't. the... We should, we should go. Okay. <laughs> oh, and this is mine. And lastly, Vital Vegas reports that the Center Cut Steakhouse, the Diamond Lounge, and the pizza place at Flamingo have all closed, currently surrounded by construction walls. There is no official word on what the property has planned for the space. However, Tony... As we reported on this podcast in the past, it looks like there's going to be a new Bobby Flay restaurant moving into what is currently the Center Cut Steakhouse. I wonder if the footprint for that restaurant is actually going to take over what is the Diamond Lounge and Pizza Place area. I mean, it would make sense because Center Cut wasn't that big. I mean, it, it was it was large inside, but I mean, I think when you get a name like Flay... And, and, and he says, and, I want more space. You go, yeah. okay. Well, it's fucking Flamingo. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, my God, a name wants to fucking be in here? This is right? amazing. I want, yeah. He must not know that. that I know, that right? The, fucking sign him long term. Exactly. No outs. What does he want? Exactly. Whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. No, I, I, I. that's my suspicion. I and Karen, you and I have talked about this on the podcast. So sorry, Mark, you can zone out for a hot second. <laughs> My wife and I, were, we're, we're big foodies, and, and we watch a lot of Food Network, and everybody knows that the Food Network is really as successful as it is because of Bobby Flay. My guess is when Bobby Flay says, I want X, people say he's a known quantity. Yeah. We're more than willing to give him whatever he wants, and it's probably not because of Bobby Flay having an ego to a certain extent. Oh, My guess he is he says, I can fill a space, you know, however many square footage that is, a center cut, a diamond lounge, and a pizza place that's got my name on it. Your burger place is really small. Is it? Bobby's well, Burgers? Where, where, where is that? Palace Station? No, no that's, it's, uh, it's at uh, um, Mandar- um, Mandarin. Yeah, Mandarin, it's, uh, it's where Pink Perry used to be. Oh, it's on the street level. I've, yeah. I haven't had the chance to check it out. I have. I'm sure you've walked actually. past it a dozen times. Right. It, it doesn't look anything like you would think a Bobby Flay's anything would look like. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Uh, Jason and I had dinner at Shark, which is a Bobby Flay restaurant. Oh, over that's at right Palms. at Palms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. It was it was an unbelievably cool experience. I mean, not that there was anything elaborate to it, but it was just, it was, it, I'll tell you one cool thing that they do do real quick. Humor me on this, kids. They give out postcards and it is, the postcards are of Bobby Flay at what I would assume was roughly age six, oh, maybe geez. seven. It is, it's, and he's got like the look on this, on his face. They hand him out like candy. And when I had commented, there was one sitting next to me and I, I picked it up and showed it to Jason. I'm like, Oh, you know, how cool is this? That it's, you know, it's Bobby Flay as a kid. The bartender heard me and she just kind of grabbed a, a small handful of them, gave them to me. I took them home with me and I mailed them out to everyone. Anybody, <laughs> I felt as many postcards as they gave me, I mailed off to some of my friends just being like, hey, 
got these postcards. Here's the story behind it. Thought of you. Hope you're doing well, right? That's ingenious. I can't wait for whatever they're going to open up at the Flamingo. I've eaten at um, the Center Cut Steakhouse, and my wife and I have eaten at whatever the steakhouse was before it was called the Center Cut Steakhouse. We've had nothing but great experiences there. I'm over the moon excited about there being a a, a Bobby Flay place. I I just I can't wait for it. So, yeah, we ate there once with uh, Rob and Kathy, and we're unimpressed. Right. Um, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was it's fine. It was fine. Um, and I'll be honest, I've only ever eaten at one of Bobby Flay's restaurants, which is Mesa Grill, and I was underwhelmed. So oh, oh. I know I need to go try Shark. I mean, that is on the list, but I'm just, I don't know, I'm having a hard time gearing myself up for it. Plus, I, I don't like the guy. I really don't. And really? No. What do you not like about him? Well, so you got to remember, I... You have to walk a fine line between, dating between fucking arrogant and confident with Karen. Like, yeah, like it, oh, he's an arrogant it, it, it can be, it, it's sexy on this very thin line, like going up, up, now you're a dick. I don't like you So <laughs> the very first time I ever saw or heard of Bobby Flay, and this is going back to the original Iron Chef TV series, the Japanese show that was subtitled or dubbed in English. Okay. And Bobby Flay was a contestant on there. Um, and the first time that he was a contestant, he jumped up on the cutting board at the end of the battle, and which apparently is a big faux pas in Japan. Like, you don't do that. So he came back again a second time, um, and I think he battled Morimoto both times. Um, and I think he beat Morimoto the first time, maybe not the second time, but the second time he made a point of, he again jumped up on the counter, but this time he moved the cutting board out of the way and raised it over his head instead of standing on it. Like, he just was egotistical from day one, and it's just hard for me to get over that. And I know it seems stupid to some people, but... Um, yeah. If you, I assume the answer is probably no. But do you watch the show Beat Bobby Flay? Oh yeah, I do. I, I root against him every single time. Do you really? Oh, I love when I, they give him a hard time and tease him and make fun of him. That's the best well, part I of the do, show. I do too. But I guess my point to that is to say, I am amazed at his culinary skills. When people can show up yes. and say, "This is what I am known for. I'm going to make X." And the judges in a blind taste testing prefer Bobby well, Flay's meal. So hold on. So you know that he always put some kind of chilies or something in it. So the judges always know which plate is Bobby's because he could be making pasta and it's going to have chilies. He could be making a veggie curry and it's going to have chilies. It doesn't matter what it is. So they know which dis- dish is his. I, I would disagree, but I don't want to lose Mark. I do okay. want to tell him oh, that I'm uh, I'm looking <laughs> at Twitter right now. And according to the Mob Museum on hashtag this day in history... Frank Lefty Rosenthal, who oversaw the Stardust Casino Skim for the casino outfit, survived a car bombing in 1982 in a Las Vegas restaurant parking lot on this day as we're recording. Nice. So now you know it's 10-4. That's cool. Dun, dun, dun. And you rubbed him back in. That's right. That's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's move on to coming attractions. is a portion of the show where we share with you acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. Mm, I love this. Live and Bush are performing <laughs> at the Joint at Hard Rock on Friday, October 11th 
Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $42. I'm surprisingly not making you go to this. <laughs> I, I know. I'm, I'm. Well, I wouldn't go, but that's okay. I, and I just have a silly question. Are they still going to call it the joint when it's virgin? I don't, I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. They draw so many people in there. It's like, okay, how do they... I mean, that's a brand... They can rename it. it yeah. That's the one thing that I've learned about Vegas is like you think these brand names are fucking... Oh, my God. They mean so much. No, they mean so much to you. They don't mean shit to the yeah. business. If it's not making money, who cares? Which I get. That's totally fair. Yeah. I don't mean I, to I be just, shitty about it. <laughs> I just thought about that with all the names, and I thought, huh, I wonder what it's going to be. Well. Donnie Edwards, the next best thing to the king, is performing at South Point Friday through Sunday, October 25th through 27th. Shows start at 7.30 p.m. and tickets start at $30. I can't because the Jonas Brothers are performing at the MGM Grand <laughs> Friday, October oh, 18th. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at $40. I didn't plan that. That's the exciting thing. That is the honest truth. I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, hangover. <laughs> I'm confused. The Jonas Brothers. Everything conflicts by going, oh, we should, we should come back to, to Vegas next weekend and take the whole city oh, down. Right. Oh, I can't next week. The Jonas Brothers in town. Right. But any other weekend after that. <laughs> Sorry, I was slow. I didn't get it either, Karen. I'm like, okay. no, these dates aren't the same. I know, that's you what I thought originally. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That's that's great. Great reference, my friend. 21 Pilots is performing at MGM Grand Wednesday, October 30th. Show starts at 8 p.m. and tickets start at $40. Phil Collins is performing at T-Mobile Arena Saturday, October 19th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $55. I would like to go see him. Yeah, yeah. I, I bet you he would be pretty good. I bet you he actually scratch that. I, I liken him to um, Billy Joel, right? Yeah. Where all you've got is your voice, and you stand there and you just make the audience fall in love with you all over again because of the great songs that you've got and right. how well you sing them. Yeah, I don't blame you. I I think you should consider going to see him as well. <laughs> You know, on a random Saturday October 19th. Yeah, you know, <laughs> since if we're in town, oh, wait. I know, exactly. He got nothing else going on. Right. Some 41 is performing at the House of Blues at Mandalay Bay Wednesday, October 16th. Wow. Show starts at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $34. That also was not intentional. <laughs> and finally, Christopher Titus is performing at South Park. Friday through Sunday. Uh, that'd, that'd, be, that'd be South Point. South Park. He's not going to South Park. Heading <laughs> <laughs> out down to South Park, going to see some friends of mine. And he's just going to do it over and over and over. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good call. South Point. Friday to Sunday, October 18th through the 20th. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. And tickets start at 20 bucks. You know, I got to be honest. For $20, I, I bet you Christopher Titus would be absolutely worth going to see. I, I It's been a long time since I've seen him. But I do – like, I remember his TV show stuff wasn't very funny. But yeah. you kind of got the impression, like, I bet you're actually really funny and you can't figure out how to do it this way. Well, am I – and I'm, this might be the alcohol kicking in. But I think he did a show – Back in the '90s on Fox, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like where there was Titus rules the world or something like that. Yes, yeah. yeah. But is that different than the show that he did, where um there was a a, a bunny rabbit um, puppet that was voiced by Sam Kinison, and and maybe yeah, I want to say I want to say. 
Pamela Anderson was on it, but oh, sounds like you have a really bad acid trip. Well, on top of that, like I I did, if if he's talking about something completely different, I am now surprised that something similar was uh, fuck. I lost it. There, there was something similar that I never realized might might be. I don't know. No, I I did a real quick IMDb search on Sam Kinison and um, no, you know Bobcat Goldthwait. The... That's what I was thinking of. I was thinking of that that one show where um, um, Bobcat Goldthwait voiced this Maybe bunny. Maybe that's who voiced it. Yeah, it wasn't Hold Sam Kinnigan, Sam yep. Kinnison. It was Goldthwait. Was that yep. him? I don't Good call. Who the, who Good call. So that was probably... Wasn't it like Fred the Bunny, I think is what it was? Yes. I am so... <laughs> you know what? You guys are amazing. This is That's amazing. Bad. Check that me out. Amazing. That was... There was that no was IMDb. Digging. That was all just in my head. That was digging deep in a closet wow. yes, in the back that of was. my mind. That was amazing. You guys are unbelievably impressive. Don't forget that you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists that we report on on our coming attractions calendar, which is on the blog. Let's check the river. So, Karen, we got an email from a friend of ours, and this is what's super cool about this is this particular friend of the podcast went way back in the archives and started <laughs> yes, from uh, ground zero or show one. So talk to us about what's going on. Right. So we got an email from Hugh Gracie. He says, okay, so full confession. I only discovered y'all's podcast a few months ago, and I drive a lot for work. So I am that guy who listens to past episodes. I do, too. Except you don't drive to work. Well, but I I listen to past episodes. (laughs) I actually have learned a lot from past episodes and think that they have a lot to offer. I've heard you say before, why would someone really listen to old episodes? I don't think that was me. No, that was me. Ah! I totally did. (laughs) During episode 163, I was listening to today the story of you eating flaming hot Cheetos. Fritos. Fritos. Drunk in the bathroom while Karen was asleep. Show respect. Had me laughing so hard while I was driving, I almost veered off a shoulder and ended my life. <laughs> Holy shit, the visual of you quietly cussing while dropping Fritos on the bathroom floor and then picking them up to eat them. I have no words. And the fact that you defended that decision is even better. <laughs> and Karen's reaction to all of this. But then Karen comes into you asleep, snoring, surrounded by Fritos. And then she uses the toilet. <laughs> Y'all continue to educate and entertain me to no end. Thank you, Hugh. So I actually had to go back and listen to this. Yeah. Because yeah, you guys refresh my memory on this. So what? I what popped into into my mind was um, the first the Russell 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 episode where you were eating Fritos sitting it's that on the episode. Chair. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Go back and listen to it. It's not that episode. Really? This was another time when we were in Vegas and I had to go to work and we were staying at palazzo i think and first night in first night in i go to bed because i had to get up and work the next day you came in and then trying to be smart you had your bag of flaming hot fritos i believe i did this twice (laughs) yeah i I could and i didn't remember it until i had to go back you know what you know what this must be the second time because this knowing me my entire life this is me going you know i'm gonna do it this time i'm gonna get in the tub Fail-proof oh, no. system. No, 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 There's you didn't. no way. You weren't in the tub. So, number one, you were you were trying to be quiet, so you did go into the, the bathroom at Palazzo. Okay. And you closed the door, but not all the way, because you didn't want it to make the clicking sound and wake me up. Right. 
Then you proceeded to lay on the, the sparkling white bath mat. I remember that. It was cool. It was comfy, apparently. <laughs> but then you managed to spill your flaming hot Fritos oh my God. all over the bath mat. I come in. It's all coming back to me now. <laughs> I, that, once I was listening to it, I'm like, I remember this. So I come in after hearing you snore, and I'm, I'm, I'm cutting this down. You have to actually go back and listen to it because it was hilarious. <laughs> um, and I come in, and you're just sprawled out on the bathroom floor, flaming hot Cheetos, spread all, Fritos spread all the way around you. And I left you there and went into, so when he says I use the toilet, you know how Palazzo has the separate toilet room? I left you there and I was like, I got to pee. And I, I just went in and closed the door and took care of stuff before I no, came out to no, no, you No, 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 she is, that, that's respect right there. That's like, no, 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 you did this. I'm not yeah. fixing this. I, I, and I, so I really thank him for sending that in because I thought it was the Paris story and it wasn't. And I had completely forgotten about it uh-huh. until I went back and listened to it again. I was laughing hysterically because I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. Like, I remember now. Like, it was, yeah. So thank you, Hugh, for, for writing that in because I got a really good laugh on it. And now Mark's going to have to go back and listen to it again, too, right. because he obviously didn't remember I it either. It stuff, too. Yeah, we've done so many of these fucking things. <laughs> so thank you for that, Hugh, and thanks for the, the email and sending it in. Glad, Welcome to the show. Glad you're listening. Yeah. Um, and glad you're finding it entertaining. So. That's awesome. <laughs> And, and, and Hugh, I apologize because in about 30 to 40 more podcasts from now, I also happen to take over. So that's where you can go ahead and stop listening because <laughs> like, oh, it's that guy. It's the, he what, contributes. Nothing. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Am I, am I somehow, somehow being murdered in this in this exchange here? <laughs> no, no, no. Meaning he that was when he came back and he came on the show. Oh, so he's saying right. in 30 or 40 episodes is when Tony shows up. Right. And right. takes over. So I don't have the sexy Australian accent. I don't have the, you know, boots on the ground Vegas insight like Scott does. I'm just I'm just a drunk, Hugh. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Which is why we love you. I'm just a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's going to do it then for episode number 315. Thank you all for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas. And you can also get 360vegas shirts, mugs, and anything else that we can slap on a logo. We'll do that over at uh, zazzle.com slash Or slap a logo on, not slap on a logo, but that, you know, close enough. Listen, it sounds like a sexual (laughs) misconduct situation. Slap it on that logo. (laughs) I I knew a girl named Logo once. (laughs) Tony. Wait, I've read that already. If you'd like to send us feedback, written or audio, much like our dear friend Hugh did, you can do that at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. Tony, where can folks find you? I am at. 360 Vegas Tony. Karen. I'm at Karen Mark. You just told you where you can find me. So until next time.